It's Friday. Brzezinski, Braun, Kratz. Should we just get right to this? Or do you have anything special besides subscribe, podcast, notifications, Foul Territory Shop is going to have a new item coming up soon. You good? You ready? Was I supposed to have something today? No, I don't want you to. I just wanted to get right to business because no, I feel like this good. is going to take some time. No, I'm good, good today. today too. I mean, uh, I know. It should be a happy day for a lot of people. True. After so, the news yesterday that broke. Why don't we charge the damn mound right from the jump here and get to the commissioner's comments? And there were many, but I think the one that we should start with is that this will be his last term now. Term is five years. It's not like it's happening tomorrow. Exactly. So he made it official that he's done January of 2029. Mm. And a classic quote from a guy that I've spent a lot of time with at nightclubs and raves. You can only have so much fun in one lifetime. I have been open with them, the owners, about the fact that this is going to be my last team. I actually have been to a few events with the commish, Kratz, and I'm being sarcastic. He is not a 10 on the fun scale. He was fine. We, we got along. We had some good combos. Obviously, he's a super smart guy. I think there's no doubt about that. Feel meter low. And I think for a lot of people, they thought this was going to say 2025 or 6. 2029, who the fuck knows what's going on in 2029? That's a long ways away. They have a deadline. When we're going to get our expansion in, when all this stuff, so he can have his mark on what's happening. So 2029, what I want to know is who's who's the next to start buttering the bread of the owners to be like, hey, I want to be the Theo. commissioner. Theo, can we say Theo? We got a lot of questions from people on all the socials sending us notes. And the one name that surfaced often was, is Theo next? I mean, I, for a while, I thought it would have been Costas, who we're going to have on later, but I think that Theo is a name that... That's why I wanted to ask Bob. Pops out. Um, when does the CBA expire for MLB? In a few years. He's got to work another one. Uh, yeah. So he, he's going he's gonna to get through that, probably have a round of expansion after the A's move, get the A's thing settled. 26, I think. And then he has all the stuff with, uh, you know... Signing deadline, this deadline. So he's, good, good you know luck. what he's going to do? He's going to just completely try to destroy the union before he goes out is what it looks like. If I mean, depending on what it is. Is Take that what you want shot. your legacy to be, though? Like, do you want your legacy to be, oh, I'm crushing my enemy and I'm making money for all my billionaires? Or do you think there's a slice of care about public legacy with the other you know, trillion plus people that care about the sport and that really should be looked to as the the root of our sport, right? Which is fans, which are normal human beings and not billionaires who sneeze 500K into their tissues. You know what I'm saying, Kratz? Like, do you feel right. like there's a slice of care where there might be a decision or two, even if it's not until 2028, where he goes, you know what? I think this is better for the sport. Because I know most of the time his job is to work for the owners, think yep. short term, and get anything done that makes an extra penny now versus later. But do you think there will be a slice or two? Because the one thing that you can take a pro out of, in my mind, from his entire tenure, is the rule changes this past season. That was a big win for his Q score, in my mind. He wants to make he wants to make one more one more mark on the history. He always taught when mm-hmm. he first got hired in fifteen. 
he talked about how Bud Selig changed things in history. That just gives you a precursor of what he wants to do. To me, I think it will be opposite of what AJ said. I think he may take a shot at crushing the union, but ultimately the end, he wants to make sure the millions upon hundreds of millions of baseball fans out there know that he helped the game, not the 30 owners. So to me, I think he's going to hedge his bet and he's going to make some more pro player moves. Mm. You had me until the last. I'm just pro player moves. Not, not, not pro, pro player, pro, pro game. Pro game. I'm sorry. Not mm. pro. Ne- it'll never be pro player. No. Pro game. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's interesting because he's going to want to leave on a positive note, but there's also, if, you know, let's say there, you know, according to people you talk to, there's a good chance there's another work stoppage in 26 on the CBA is because of people are going to want what he said. They were going to want a free agent deadline. They're going to want all that stuff in the off season. And then they're also going to want more than likely a cap. And then they're going to get, and then the players are going to say, well, you want a cap? We want a floor. So it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big deal, I think. Cause I think this might be the one where they think, well, these guys are making too much money. They can't afford to sit out a year. And I don't know this from anybody, but I feel like the owners are preparing themselves right now for that because, you know, they're, you know, looking at it from the outside, slicing salaries, trying to save money here and there. And they and I think they, they do a lot like the Players Association does where they take uh, money and put it in like what they call a central fund. Like I know the players do that where they, where players can get money from the central fund when they're on strike or they're locked out. So I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to see how he goes out because that 26 bargaining is going to be a tough one, especially after the work stoppage. He does, And he also doesn't want to be – the commissioner, you know, after Seelig went all those years and never had a stoppage, and then Manfred twice is going to have stoppages. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what he does and some of these decisions. You know, he's listen for all the grief, we, shit, and grief we give him. He has done some good things. There's been some good moves he's made. The pitch clock has been a success for most people. Um, there's been some other things he's done, I think, to help the game. But you know, he's just I don't know. He's he's not well liked by people. And also, let's be real. I mean, football's in its own stratosphere. MLB used to be ahead of NBA, correct? We in agreement on that? I mean, obviously, Jordan was in a world of his yeah. own. Kind of LeBron's in that world for the last 20 years. But has the NBA not surpassed MLB in certain categories where they used to have the lead? And also, does the commissioner of the NBA make our commissioner look incredibly amateur at his job? Out of touch. Out of touch because that he is the extension of the ownership. You, you know, I don't know that every fan knows when you say that MLB commissioner, like, oh, well, he's the one that puts down all the rules for the owners. And so he's an extension. And if he's boring and out of touch, especially with the comment that he made about the Bay Area, it shows that the owners are out of touch as a whole, not as a not not as individuals, you know, there's some that are really, really good, but they're out of touch if they make comments and they let him make comments like he's made because that's the people that he hangs around with. Mm-hmm. So let's get to that. There, there's two pieces of the puzzle here. Do you want to do the free agency or the A's, A's. portion? I mean, let's start in the A's because the free agency one to me is, is super interesting. So you want to take more time on free agency? 
Yeah. Okay. So let's yeah. so let's do this. Let's talk A's for a moment. Then we're gonna get our guest, and then we'll talk free agency a little bit later on. So with the A's, he essentially said that there's another team in the Bay Area. Mm. So A's fans, fuck off and root for them instead. Mm. Wait, but there's more. Our buddy Dave Sampson, who joined us earlier this week, I listened to his show this morning. And he also mentioned some key words about the Vegas proposition. One of them was that the site for the ballpark was adequate. Like, that's <laughs> not a word you use when you're feeling great. He also used the word confident about everything happening, right? So Samson was pointing out how that is commish and owner speak for me. We'll see what happens. <laughs> It's, he, he goes, if they were fucking crushing it, they would have said, I guarantee this is all good. It is a definite. This is done. He goes, there were no words like that. Confident, that's like during baseball season when you give a vote of confidence to a manager or a closer. And then he a gone. week later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, A's fans, who are you going to root for if the team actually does end up in Vegas? Rob Manfred has a team for you, mm. and it's the San Francisco Giants. Stop it. Stop that. I want you to turn. You're pointing at him right now. Mm. I want you to turn to your guy right there. No, not me. AJ, and say, AJ, the White Sox are leaving Chicago. It's okay. <laughs> Go be a Cubs fan. And mm-hmm. this is not. This is a professional baseball player who has mm-hmm. played his almost Hall of Fame career in one, in one city where he won a World Series moved around tons of other cities, and he despises the other team in the city. You cannot sit there and tell an A's fan, who are the most dedicated fans that there are, hey, go be a Giant fan. Mm. Go, go, go do that. That is so out of touch. So out of touch. Mm. Okay, AJ. No, hell This no. is your one role play moment. No. You're in Chicago. No. The White Sox leave. <laughs> Not happening. I'm a Cardinal fan. Or Brewer fan. Oh. <laughs> or I think a lot of A's fans are going to root for the Oakland Ballers, which is not a major league team, but they're just going to bring their allegiance. To a they're not going to root for the Giants. No, because there's too many people. There's too. Listen, I, I mean, I played for the Giants 20 years ago. Even back then, there was a rivalry between the fans, between the organizations. I mean, I remember driving across the Bay Bridge, and they would. There was a big sign before the Giants had won, come see the team that's actually won a World Series out in the Bay Area. <laughs> like stuff like that, like petty stuff, right? Which is great. But you're not just automatically – yeah, maybe 50 years from now when, you know, generations have switched over, there might be Giants fans, A's fans have become Giants fans, but over, right? Quickly? It ain't happening. It's like it's like the Mets and the Yankees. If the Mets and the Yankees, the Yankees were like, hey, we're moving to, I don't know, Tokyo, they'd be like, yeah, I ain't rooting for the Mets. I'm rooting for someone else. I'll find another team. Or just quit watching. Some Yankee fans would move to Tokyo. Well, that's what I'm saying. Are they, uh, yeah. It, it's so out of touch. You know, is it worse than the piece of metal comment? No, but it, that that was pretty Oof. bad. It actually didn't get as much pub as I thought it would. But that's a rough comment. And it's just not necessary. The one other thing that it brought me back to, because we forget things so quickly, was when they had the boycott game. Do you remember the comments then? Oh, how he many goes, people? Because it was filled, the reverse boycott up. game. He goes, I mean, it was great. It is great to see what is this year almost an average MLB crowd in oh. the facility for one night. That's a great thing. Oh, man. Why do you have to do that? Why do you want to be a villain? There's no reason for that. 
say, hey, this is such a shitty situation for a big market of great fans. And I wish that it would, I mean, because he's got to play the side a little bit. I wish it would have ended up differently, blah, blah, blah. But what a freaking night for them to show support, whatever. Like, mm. he, he went so far the other way. Do you know, actually, in the Bay Area, I didn't realize this, but I, I read this this morning. Mike Kruko, who's the Giants broadcaster, mm -hmm. actually has been on the record saying in 2022, replace him. He's got to go. I'm on board with that. If that happens, he's going to fall out of this job and land on his feet. He will be the next villain in the Batman movie, and he'd be a good one. Whoa. Bay Area loves him mm. the most. So anyway, there's a lot of comments that need to stop there. And it's not hard. But it's the people he hangs around with. I'm sorry. Like... You hang around with certain people. You always are talking certain ways. You change your reality uh, or you change what you think is reality. And that's the reality of the people he's having meetings with every single day. No matter how many ex-players he brings on to work for their offices. It's just, it's just the people that he's around and the blindness to the fact that you're taking a team out of the fourth largest market and putting them in the 44th largest market? Yep. It's just... I want both, but... but here's, here's the bigger problem I have more than that. It's just... We've talked about this. It's just... It's just been handled so poorly from the beginning. That's it. That's it. There could have been so many other ways. They, they What they should have done, and again, I'm not in the meetings, but they knew their lease was expiring after next year. They go to Oakland before any of this breaks, say, hey, we want to just do a short term because we're exploring other options for a stadium. Let's give us till 28. Give us three more years, 25, 26, 27. Oakland probably would have been like, cool. Then they would have been pissed when they found out they were moving. But at least you have a stadium secure instead of going like, well, we don't know where we're going to play. We just want to move. I don't know. There's there's just so many other ways they could have done this. And then now, like what you said, we, every per it's weird. I, out of all the things we've ever talked about on this show, the one thing almost, I'm going to say 95 to 100% of the people we have talked to about the Oakland to Vegas situation are like, I'm not sure this is going to happen. Like almost every guest that is somewhat of an expert on this whole thing from David Sampson to the Oakland writers we bring on to the Susan Slusser Bay Area. She's a, more of a Giants person, but like, they're all like, I don't know this is going to happen. So then what, let's say that doesn't happen. Now what do you do? Now, now, if you're the A's, now what? You go back and you beg Oakland, please take us back. We love John. They're already doing that yesterday for, for the three-year deal. And at least paraphrasing from the city official, Lee Hansen, that spoke, they're like, yeah, cool. If you guarantee us another team, you know, or either we get to keep this team and get rid of the owner or give us another team when you do the expansion. You got to guarantee that. And you know that MLB is not going to guarantee that, so. To be continued on this. Very interesting. And we'll get to some other comments that were made by the commission, including a free agency deadline. Stay tuned. On the Move is next. And this is somewhat breaking news. I know it's not earth shattering, but longtime shortstop Xander Bogarts is shortstop no more. He is moving to second base for the San Diego Padres. And Hassan Kim, who is a whiz with the glove, is going to play shortstop again for the Pods. Winning move for the Padres? Yes or no? Is this a successful move? There's AJ Castabell, Schilt manager, says it's not etched in stone, but for now, Bogarts is at second. Schilt had high praise. 
for Bogarts for being so receptive to the idea. It was presented to him in mid-December on Schilt's trip to Aruba. Quote, my admiration for Xander Bogarts went through the roof, Schilt said. And Bill Shaken said in 2021, the Padres signed Tatis to a 14-year contract. He played one more year at shortstop. In 2022, the Padres signed Bogarts to an 11-year contract. He played one more year at shortstop. I mean, true, but I will say right now, Kratz, they have one of the best defenders in baseball in Hassan Kim. And don't you want to put him at the premium infield position aside from what you guys played? Hats off to the, to the Padres for doing this. Some teams would look at saying, shoot, we should have never paid Bogarts what we did for an 11-year contract. We could have find, found a second baseman. This is They're doing what's best for the team. I don't know that they thought Fernando Tatis was going to be the shortstop of the future. I, thought, I think they thought he was going to hit 300 with 30 and 100 every year. Moving into right field, that's a gold glove. That's a gold glove spot. You're not going to spend on pitching. You need a defense to, to be behind them. So I love it. I love it for their defense. And this offense is still going to hit. Like if your defense can help your pitching, which isn't awful pitching, you Darvish, Musgrove, like they have legitimate pitchers. Michael if King? Yeah, Michael King. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot about Kinger. And you have that defense. I think you might get more out of Xander for the next 10 years, too. Well, my question is, what happens when Hassan Kim is a, either traded or a free agent at the end of this year? Jackson Merrill. Do, do you move? You go back to Bogarts and say, well, we, no. we, we, or do you, you're going to have to go find another shortstop. Jackson Merrill is a stud prospect who right now they're is he playing around. outfield, though? Yeah, but that's not his natural position. Okay, well, He's here's the thing you do, though, you don't do with players. You don't move them farther away from the ball if you think they're going to be their – closer to the ball later in their future. But he doesn't have a spot. Doesn't matter. You don't do that because it's so it's so much easier to move farther away from the ball, right? So if you're a catcher, it's easier to move to the infield than to the outfield, right? If you're an infielder, it's so much easier to move to the outfield. What you don't want to have happen, and a lot of teams don't want to do, and if you do this, most teams won't do this, take a kid that was an infielder their whole career and move him to the outfield and then be like a year later say, oh, shit, we were just kidding. We need you at shortstop now. No, what you should do if you're that team is you take that kid and you say, you're going to have to go play. It's going to suck in AAA for a year. Get and hone your skills until we trade ha Sung Kim, and then you bring him up to play a shortstop, or he makes it the whole year, and then you say, next year you're our shortstop. But you don't want to have a kid move from the infield to the outfield and then be like, oh, you have to come back, because they lose that skill set. Yes. You, again, the far, and I think Kratz will agree with me. The farther you get away from home plate, the easier the position is. Is there a chance that A.J. Preller doesn't understand what you just said? I mean, I would hope so. I think Mike Schilt, he was a development guy. He should understand. So maybe that's what's going on right now, Kratz. I mean, they wanted him to try out some outfield. I mean, we also are just getting to camp here. But maybe Jackson Merrill doesn't play outfield for this team. He's also super young, but he projects to be a very good ball player. I mean, I know he's a prospect right now, but this is a first-round pick from a few years ago. Maybe some people can make a case that he's too big for the position, but that's not really a thing as much anymore. He's like 6'3", 200. Actually, our friend Kylie McDaniel, who was on the show recently, the comp that he gave, not size, but hitting profile, was Ozzy Albies in terms of what he can bring or as Jackson an offensive Merrill? player. Yes. Pretty good Elite player. back control, can get the pitches out of the zone, 20-20 threat on a consistent basis, and the glove works almost anywhere. That was the scouting report. So for the future, they're good if Kim leaves. But what about this year? This year, does this make the Padres better? Because they need to improve 
at the margins since yeah. they didn't get significantly better. In fact, you could make the case that they got worse. Or for me, I think it was kind of even in the offseason because they did get themselves the pitching depth that they needed. Yeah, like, Art- I, I think they'll probably be about in the same range as they were last year, which was about 500. Don't get don't get it twisted though. Kim is not a free agent. If I'm if I if I'm reading it correctly, this is the last year of his contract, but he signed a contract. He's still ARB eligible, just like Shohei when he went to ARB after no. his original he's contract. A free agent. No, free agent. Hundred percent. Ninety nine point eight. That's what Scott's saying. Then I believe Scott because this is Scott only his fourth. This is only his fourth year, and you can't become a free agent based on how he signed his contract. But we, we got to find that out. Either way, they are better. Your question was, are they better? They're better this year. They're better this year, and it might be Preller's last year. You never know. But they're better this year with this lineup, uh, this defensive alignment. Well, they've got nine more years of Bogarts to figure it out. This Where's is going to play. I, my, I think, my thing is they got how many more years of Machado forever with Machado, right? Third, they signed Cronzome. Cronenworth, the extension, which six more wasn't necessary at all at the time. They just did it like, hey, I like this guy. Oh, we're in the crone zone. My boy Donnie Orsillo, right? <laughs> like in the Jumbo Jacks, they get every time he hits a homer and Orsillo gets a free something. But it's 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 a it's an interesting roster construction they have here. Like, Austin Kim was really good last year. Look at his numbers. And so now you're switching him over to short. Bogart struggled. I know that. But I don't know. It, it, it's are they better? Yeah, I mean, I think they are probably defensively for sure, yes. range wise, that whole thing, absolutely. But you got nine more years of Xander Bogarts. You're going to tell me for the next nine years he's going to play second base for you? Yes. Trevor Story. Trevor Story's switching back over, and the issue with Trevor Story was he didn't have the arm strength. So as soon as he went to second, they were like, ah, nope, he's never going to play. Switch back over after Tommy John. So I think I think. Uh, Andres Jimenez said it perfectly. He's like, it would take a lot. I couldn't just hop back in to play shortstop. He said it would take an entire offseason. And Andres is how much younger than Xander Bogart. So they had to have thought about that. They had to have thought and planned, or maybe they're not planning ahead. But this team, like you said, is going to be around. This is this is the team that the Padres have. And maybe they feel like they can get a shortstop later or Xander can go back if if Kim leaves, but I, I really want to get to the end of it. I, I don't think he's a free agent. Well, it says I'm 100 percent now. He is a free agent. I did the research while you were talking. Okay, tell me. It's not the same as the Otani deal. I don't have all of the details. I don't understand it all. I just have like 10 places that are all saying he is a free agent after this year, which technically is all I care about. He is a free agent after Mark, this season. Mark, our fearless leader. Mutual, mutual option. option, which means, which means the Padres are going to say no, <laughs> or he's going to say no, no. He's going to say no. And they're gonna, the Padres would beg yes. Yeah, I mean, mutual I don't know options are fake. Okay, I don't know what the number is, but yeah, it doesn't matter what the number is. He's. I'd be he's interested to see why he's a free agent because he doesn't have the, six well, years. Well, because he came over as an old, as an older player, so they probably made it so he could be a free agent at the end. Correct, Kratz. I can actually kind of answer your question. Okay. When he signed with the team, he was already past the age qualification so that he doesn't have to deal with those rules that Otani did, right? Otani, I think, signed when he was, what, 24 or 25? I think the cutoff's 25. And he signed, I believe, when he was 26. So he's no, good. He was, 20, he was 25 when he made his big league debut. And I thought, I thought the, 25 is the cutoff. cutoff. I thought the age cutoff was 26. That's why Yamamoto's 
so so intriguing. I thought oh. it was either six years in the other professional league or age twenty six. Anyway, Otani signed when he was twenty three. By the way, yeah. Um, uh, no, it's twenty five. It must be. I mean, okay. he's a free, he's agent. A free agent. He's going to be a free agent. In the end. We're he's arguing over yeah, it's something semantic. that he's going to be a free agent pretty much. This yeah. is it. I mean, I mean, I think he has a two million dollar buyout, so. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, he's going to the, cash the fuck out. Of he, course he is. He's he was gonna, a five-plus win player. Yeah, he was an awesome player last year. But my question year. is, my, my, my thing is, again, um, what do they do with Bogarts? Like, I, love, I love Xander Bogarts. He was yes. one of my all-time favorite teammates I ever had. He was awesome. Awesome kid. And still love to see him all the time. And he will do whatever it takes. Remember in the 13, he went and played third base for him? Uh, when they when they won the World Series in 13, he went and played third base. Even the next year, he moved to shortstop full-time, 14, when I was there. But this – I mean, he just wants to win. And, and okay. I guarantee you, when he signed that deal with San Diego, he's like, we got Soto, we got Machado, we got Darvish, we got Snell, we got Cronenworth, we got Kim, we got Tatis. He also got way more money offered by them than any other team. Well, good for him. I never, right. never fault the guy for getting more money. But totally agree. then they went out and sucked last year. And he's like, well, okay, if, if me moving to second base will help this team win, he moved his ass to second base. Okay, so Statcast range out above average was a three plus three, 81st percentile. That's great. Arm strength was 24th percentile. Sounds like a great move to second base to me. Or maybe he just wasn't slinging it. Maybe he doesn't need to. I, I, I don't know. I think it's great. It makes sense. Totally. Hot Next year, they need a shortstop. <laughs> Jackson Merrill, dude. Okay. You, he's one of the top prospects in the sport. You've got to give him a chance. Not every team has a top 20 prospect on basically every list who's a shortstop who is already pretty close to cracking the big leagues. I know? agree with that. Also, they might don't... resign him. Who, so Kim? Why, why are you guys yeah. so worried about Bogart's long term? He's going to play second base. It's, that's, that's, fine. that's fine. But I'm, again, I'm just saying Jackson Merrill playing the outfield. Again, I, you can you guys can argue with me all you want. You just don't see that happen very much where a guy is an infielder. Like, I played with Michael Kadire coming up, right? He played third baseman, a ton of errors. Guess where the Twins are? They're like, you're right, fielder. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, then they tried to bring him back to second base for a little bit. didn't really work out. Guess what? Go back to the outfield and hit, right? So that that's the thing because once – because as, as a player, as a former player, and I saw this, once you take – if a guy comes up as an infielder and you take that infield away from him, it's kind of a, li- a little bit of a blow to him at first, like Alex Gordon, right? He played third base. He wasn't very good. They put him in left field. He was a gold glove defender out there in one World Series, right? And then they were like, well, we can't put him back at third base. It- it- it's a little bit of a hit. And I think, Eric, you would agree with me, just whether it's confidence-wise, ego-wise, whatever you want to call it, it's just a little bit of a, oh, shit, why'd they move me away from the- yeah. where I was? I don't think They've never not played that position. Him. They've never not played that position. Okay, so – Let's get our own take on the free agent signing deadline that was thrown out there because you have Manfred talking about it and, of course, a comment from Scott Boris. Deadlines are death lines to the players. (laughs) It's a death of their right because a player goes all that time to earn that right to become a free agent. It's an artificial reason not to get your value. Teams cannibalize deadlines. Everything they would do would be around the deadline. I'll wait and get this value at this time because I have a deadline rather than what's the player worth. In my mind, nailed it. That's true, okay? There's 
two reasons for this, okay? One is to try and drive prices down. Two makes sense to me. Two. Two makes sense to me. Business. Fans want to know who they have going into this season. It plays to the excitement. Once spring training comes around, which is now, it's not the same. The coverage of the story, not the same. The season ticket sales, not the same. So even the marketing preparation of photos and all these things that go into books and posters and everything else, right? It's not going to be there if on March 12th, the Giants signed Blake Snell, the reigning Cy Young winner in the American League. That part does suck. There's just, in my mind, not a solution that's going to be approved by both sides. So the moral to all of this is nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. Nothing's going to happen. This is all posturing. It's all posturing for the CBA. Always both both sides. Both sides. Of course. Of course. But it's, you know, when the commissioner comes out and says this, everyone hears this is like, oh, this is a great idea. They're going to get this. No, they're not. They're not going to get that because the – Again, the Players Association is going to have to approve it. It's not going to happen. They rejected it so hard. Of course they did they, right away. They matumboed it. They were like, no, 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 yes. no, no, no. They were like, absolutely not, as expected. But here's the other thing, though. I will say this, that, you know, we just talked to Bob Costa. He was talking about the NBA and the NFL. They do do this a lot of times. Like, they do a big thing when free agency hits. Baseball doesn't really do it. And now the reason people are calling for this is because you look up and you got four of the top free agents that haven't signed. Chapman, Bellinger, Snell, Montgomery, right? They haven't signed. We're Again, we're February 16th. All the teams have reported. All the teams are in camp. Games start, like, next week. Do you really think those players aren't going to play ball this year? I, I do. But it just it still sucks when you have – crowds, you know, guys that come in late, they usually just – I don't know, it messes up the timing of everything. It just doesn't – it makes for – everyone's rushed. Oh, God, we got to get this guy ready so fast. You know, and then and then if they don't get off to a good start, everyone's like, "Well, see, he didn't sign on time." So okay. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. It just th- that's why this is even brought up is because those guys haven't signed. And then you get Scott Boris piping in on it, as he should, because they're his clients, and of course he wants more time because then he can try to get every dollar. Yeah, but Kratz, when you wait this long, and now spring training is starting, here's what I think Boris thinks could happen. On the pitching side, oh shit. Kyle Bradish is hurt, might need TJ, right? It's not official yet, but obviously he's got a UCL issue. So if that popped up in a few weeks, no one would be surprised. Also, when guys show up to spring training, it's a little bit of, oh, he looks better. He's got better velo. He's in better shape. But it's also a lot of, oh, there's an arm issue. He's going down his shoulder. There's a UCL issue. So a big contender with deeper pockets could have a problem in the next couple of weeks. And that could cause them to pick up the phone and have more of a conversation on the other side with position players, owner checks in with GM. How do they look? Eh, they look okay. We probably could use a bat. I mean, you've already made it this far. Now you actually get to see the product that you have in spring training. It could lead to a little more money being pushed across the table. Agree besides, or disagree? Besides the injury part, I completely disagree. You're not signing somebody to fill in a spot. These four guys that are coming are perennial all-stars, perennial gold glove winners, Cy Young winners, World Series champion. Like, you're not you're not getting this guy. Oh, okay, we got to panic and get Blake Snell. Now, there could be a case where 
Zach Wheeler doesn't want to sign the extension in the next week, and the Phillies are like, all right, that's fine. We're going to allot that money to Blake Snell. Scott, how much for Blake Snell? We're going to bring him in this year. Taiwan Walker's the odd man out for a little bit. And then we have Blake Snell for the next six years because Zach Wheeler doesn't. Injuries, like we're not panicking and picking up Blake Snell because Kyle Bradish is out, whether the Orioles were going to spend or not. Okay, the Yankees made an offer to Blake Snell. What if Cole got hurt? You don't think that they would pick up the phone again with everything that they've invested into this coming season? Maybe the Yankees. Maybe. Right, so I'm bringing up some examples. I mean, Logan Webb goes down? Right. It's a weird strategy, but you've already made it this far. It's a lottery ticket. That's not what Scott's waiting on. Scott's not going. No, Scott's waiting on some owner to get desperate. Well, how does an owner get desperate? Just, just hey, this guy's still out there. We can steal him. Yes, he's not. They're not. They're not. You're not. As much as people are like, oh, there's a competition in camp. There's not a competition in the Phillies. Aren't looking at Johan Rojas's BP and his first five games. Going, I don't think so. Let's go get Cody Bellinger. They know what they have. As much as people are like, best shape of my life. All this stuff. You're not really in competition in spring training for positions that are that are going to be filled by the free agents that are still out there. Yeah, I don't know. It, it just it, this probably isn't going to happen I, I, for numerous reasons. The signing deadline. The signing deadline. No. So I mean, it's kind of, but it's it's just it's just interesting the timing of when he said it, and plus he's retiring. So you know, it's 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 all it's all positioning, it's all posturing, it's all for the bargaining in a couple years, and not getting players signed this late though is bad for the game. Agreed, especially when it's like four of the top free agents yes. in in the whole sport. Not having those four, I mean, how is Jordan Montgomery, who was like the best pitcher in the postseason last year, not signed? Blake Snell won the Cy Young. He was the best pitcher in the National League last year. He's not signed. Cody Bellinger had one of the best years offensively, not signed. I think part of I think part of what is going on too, teams are afraid of offering Scott Boris a contract. Like, they don't want to sit there and go, Scott, I mean, Ken kind of hit on it the other day. I think it was on Monday. He hit on it like if if they offer somebody an extension, they'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Thank you. I'll take that information. Like, so does, are there even any contract offers out there? We talked to Josh Hader the other day. He had one legitimate offer. Teams are afraid of offering these guys because of how that sets the market for what an agent is going to take it and go, oh, okay, well, this is what the offer is. Now I'll shop this mark. Now I'll shop this offer. Correct. Mm -hmm. The process has gotten super weird and annoying. It's not as fun anymore it's it's meticulous this is the once in a lifetime chance for these players who are the elite players in the world to hit free agency and you work so hard to get to free agency a deadline can't happen won't happen and boris is not as much as he's trying to get the most for that client he's like an owner he's trying to get the most for his next client also because he knows if he can up the bar for Blake Snell, his next three Cy Young free agent, three-time Cy Young free agent who has better numbers than Blake Snell, 
we'll get more. But there has to be teams for <laughs> you to get. To it takes two to tango. There has to be teams for you to get that kind as of. I, as Kratz, as I've said, and, and people always I use the analogy. Your house, you might think, is worth twenty million, <laughs> and you put it on the market for twenty million, and you get ten offers for two million, and you're like, well, damn, it's worth twenty in my mind. And then you get another ten offers for two million. Guess what your house is worth on the market? Two Come million. In. So you better take the two million and get out if you need to. The difference right? so in if you're if you're Blake Snell and you're Scott Boris, and, and listen, I'm all for players getting every dollar, but if the Yankees say, hey, you're worth five, one twenty-five, just throwing random numbers out there, and then you're like, oh, they made this offer, and then you go to every other team, they're like, we ain't beating that one, then guess what? You better take the five, one twenty-five, or they're gonna be like, as we all know, I'm retired, Kratz retired. Every player we have on here is retired. The game goes on. Mm-hmm. And if Blake Snell doesn't pitch this year, guess what? Baseball is still going to be played. It's still going to be awesome. It'd be better with Blake Snell in his prime. But my thing is there's not that many teams that care about going after these remaining players. Is that accurate? There's okay. there's where we I want just, to put my effort into. Dude, we just had Shai Davidi on. Ross Askin spoke in the last day or two. And his comments, I always like to say paraphrasing so no one comes after me, were (laughs) (laughs) that they're not adding unless they're subtracting, right? And he didn't just mean position. He meant payroll. So if there's some trade that emerges, cool. But I think he said it without saying it because you're not allowed to say this. It's against the rules of the sport. We're not signing Matt Chapman unless he's suddenly cheap as fuck and he's on one of those one-year deals. We're talking to Mustakis later. He was actually a part of this at one point. We might be able to ask him. You know what I'm saying? And it actually worked out really well for him. He signed that one-year deal. He had the qualifying offer from the Royals, right? And then he said no, and then he ended up signing back with them. Had a great year, then signs with the Reds for, I think, four years, 60. So it worked out for him. But that could happen again. And that's where a team could jump in. But if not, the impression I got from a team like the Blue Jays was, we're good. Off season's over. We're done. We're not signing dudes to 50, 100, 150. No fucking way. We're done with that. And so if they're done, now we cross them off. There's not that many teams left. It's the same two teams we keep talking about. The Cubs and the Giants. They're not signing six dudes. Right? They're not signing six. Maybe years. one each, and it would be maybe one each, right? Maybe the Cubs get Ballinger back. Maybe the Giants sign Sneller Montgomery. They're not signing both. Competition. Competition is what should be. we should focus our energy on. Not a trade, a deadline, signing deadline, or competition. Make sure every team wants to compete. And if they're not competing... Give me your three-year, two-year window of why you're not competing this year. Like, what happened? Oh, we lost this player. We don't have this revenue. Like, be upfront about it. The competition part. There should be more teams that are in the mix for Matt Chapman, for Jordan Montgomery, for Cody Bellinger on a, you know, a one-off year that he just had. So – we can do this because it doesn't take long, even though there are a lot of teams in the league. Just, just look at, just type in like MLB standings in Google, okay? Just so you can pop up the teams or MLB teams and just sift through, okay? When you do that, you're like, who is spending big still at this point? You know, 
That's the problem. Do it real quick, okay? Baltimore, not likely until that sale gets done. Tampa Bay, never. Toronto just said they're done. Yankees, sure, maybe. It sounds like they already had some combos with Snell, and that's still a possibility if the price comes down. Boston, broke. Twins, broke. <laughs> Tigers, done. Cleveland, broke. Sarcasm A little bit, not yeah, that much. He's role-playing. Yeah. Let him go. White Sox, rebuilding. Royals, done. And did well. Good for them. Houston, done. Rangers, Rangers TV. are the one they're waiting on the TV deal, but they would go Montgomery over. Snow. That's where Monty's going. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where he. I think he's wanted to go, but I'm, it's a little, a little questionable there. I mean, Hater said the the call was we got weird TV money shit going on. We're not really doing anything mm-hmm. crazy. So okay, we'll see. They they won, and they did some things. They did. Yeah, if they don't, Continue I know they need Seattle one, broke. But... Oakland definitely yes. Angels, I have no idea what's going on with the Angels at this point. I, I can't figure them out. I don't know what. They're going to get somebody. <laughs> you would think so. I just, I don't know, you know, which side of the pillow Artie wakes up on over the next month. That's really how it cutting goes. cutting payroll, though. I know. Yeah, cutting payroll. And, but then, you know, I think it was Heyman said, like, they're still, like, looking into some of these free and The Rangers agents. payroll, the TV deal's done now. They figured it out. So I know. That's not an excuse anymore. I think agree. Now go to the National League. Giants are the one. Right, nationally. And the Cubs. Braves done. Phillies. Maybe. They get the right deal. Yeah. yeah. Miami broke. Mets next year. Nationals not yeah. ready and they're trying to get sold. Yeah. Brewers, I think done. Cubs. I'll give you one sec on the Cubs here. So someone wrote this the other day and I thought it was interesting. When it was Theo and Jed Hoyer, Theo was the aggressive. And Jed was the, hey, let's take it down a notch. Let's think about this. We need our prospects, whatever. So there's a little more um, safety in the Cubs front office these days. You know, like mm, if the price comes down, we're not doing anything crazy. Cincinnati done. Pittsburgh broke. I think St. Louis done. Mm -hmm. Dodgers, clap it up. You crushed it. Diamondbacks crushed it. Mm-hmm. I think they're done. Padres done, probably. Rockies. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Colorado. They have a full. They have a four A team. Derek just said in our chat. Still think M should sign Snell. Well, Derek, do you have one hundred fifty plus million dollars? Because the Mariners are not Mm-mm. giving out money plus like Snell that. Snell tries to win too much. They're yeah. What? They're hoping to get a fifty four percent discount. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the Mariners should have. Acquired Soto. They should have signed Solaire. They should have signed Snell. They're, they're not operating like that. Here's what the like teams that. are doing. They're waiting for these players to panic. Yep. And then bring the prices down. But still, down. only one team is going to get that one player. It's not like, ooh, I can't wait for if his I, price okay, to come. I'm, they don't I'm, care that much about these players. True. If I'm – Cody Bellinger did it last year. He did the one-year parachute deal with the Cubs, right? He had a great year, but it hadn't been signed. If I'm – you know, Blake Snell's a little bit older and his, his track record is a little more – if I'm maybe Montgomery, I'm thinking about doing that. Matt Chapman might need a one-year deal to bounce back. Chapman's the only one you can make a case in my mind. The other three have nothing to prove. Cy Young, True. playoff mm-hmm. stud, no. And Bellinger had a great bounce back year and already did the pillow contract. He's like, I got to do another one? Yeah. I'm just saying what their brain is going through. Chapman's the only one where you could say, he got an injury, he was really good in the beginning, and then tailed off. I could I'll, see that. I would say Monty's the one that's the safest. I mean, I think yeah, we're splitting hairs here. I think Monty's the safest. Monty's going to get, because of his consistency, 
you know what you're getting. And I don't think his price is fluctuating too much. Maybe he's waiting to see what Snell gets. Or maybe, you know, I, I think Monty is the one that won't sign a one-year pillow contract. But Bellinger, what, do, what are you getting? I mean, I think, I think Bellinger's more of a roller coaster than Blake Snell is. And Chapman, I think consistency with Chapman, whatever you pay him, you know you're getting elite defense. Whether you think he's worth $100 million or you think he's worth a one-year $20 million or whatever the – whatever the um, the franchise tag is, whatever whatever that is, you know, that's what you could get them at. I don't know, but to me, I think Monty's the most, the most secure. And I'm going to go against some people in the chat that are saying the Cubs don't show safety or a conservative route. They overpaid for counsel. Guys, they what paid a couple million extra for a manager when manager salaries have been suppressed. That's it not the best going one. wild. Cubs gone wild. They they spent. Mm. Do you know how much Craig Council costs? The same amount essentially this year as Jacob Junis for the Brewers, their fifth starter. So that's not the same. Going wild would have been signing Sneller Montgomery, bringing Bellinger back. Chapman. Just signing all four of them. That's going. That's, that's going. going you, know what that's, you know what that is? That's what? full throttle. That's full throttle. Some teams that were expected to be aggressive this offseason just weren't. The Cubs that's were all. the main one that everyone thought was, and and even the Blue Jays to an extent were thought to be. Yeah. Possible, and the Red Sox obviously were one that they were everyone yep. was thinking of. So, but I mean, the Yankees made their move with with Soto, right, and Stroman. Those were their moves. Right, the Dodgers obviously blew it up with Otani, Yamamoto, Teoscar. They went wild. All of them. They yeah. In Arizona, Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, Jeannie Suarez, and they made some moves. Jock Peterson. So listen, I, I just don't know. That's why you know agents agents are get paid a lot of money because they got to figure this out. It's like puzzle pieces, right? It's like all right, how do we fit? How do I find a team that can fit Bellinger and Snell? And then, and you're also like, if you have Montgomery and Snell, and you have one team. Are you bidding them against each other? He deals with that all the time. Though. But you know what I'm saying? I know. Like, let's say, let's say the Yankees call him, or let's say the Giants call him and say, hey, we got one spot. We want a left-handed starter. You have Snell and Montgomery. Will either one of them take five years, 150? Hmm. Then, you're, then you call them both and say, hey, they offered this. Well, either one of you take it. What Who do they call both? first? That's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Hmm. That, that's what I'm saying. And then what happens if they, what if they both go, I'll take it? Then what? And you call back and say they both want it, and then the team decides. It'll be a good question to ask Moose. Moose is uh, Boris Klein. Yeah. How, Sounds like how AJ's you... role playing a lot now, though. I no, I'm that. just stating. I'm just stating what would happen. Like if you're if you're if you're Scott Boris, and the Giants call you and say we got one spot, and it is a left-handed starter. We'll take either one. Here's the numbers. And you got no other calls from any other team. Which one do you call first? Let's say you call Jordan Montgomery. He says, I'll take it. Then you call Blake Snell, and he says, well, I'll take it too. Oh, well, shit. Montgomery already said yes. You put him on a three-way, three-way call and say, all right, guys, here's the deal. Who says yes first? They're like, yes. You're like, shit. All right. And it's like Jeopardy who hit the button first. What is yes? I'll take that, Alex, for 300. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird. It is. All right. I got one more free agent for you because Ken Rosenthal wrote a story in the past 
few hours about Tim Anderson and that the Marlins made an offer. Now, this is the problem with everything we're talking about here. We just don't know what the offer is. If we knew what offers were for people, we could dissect them and be like, oh, that sounds legit or, oh, a million, whatever, right? So Tim Anderson is coming off a terrible year. I'm sure he would say the same, right? It was brutal for him um, on and off the field. And the one thing I will say about on the field is he had a great WBC. He had a good first two weeks in the bigs, and then he got hurt. He had the knee issue. He went on the aisle for about a month, and he just he was never the same. He finished like a little better, but he had a brutal, brutal year. Look at his numbers this year versus the past. Yeah. I think he's going to bounce back. Why? Because he's better than last year, and he's not 39. No offense, Kratz, because you're different, but he's going to be fine. So, yeah, I think this would be a great move for the Marlins and for some others too. But this is your case of players like him, players like Whit Merrifield, who are legit major league all-star at times players who are not signed up yet. And that's the same thing, Kratz. Like we're we're talking about the big boys like, oh, you know, is Snell going to get 150? Oh, he turned that down because he wants 200. He's going to have to give in and take his one something. This is like, is Tim Anderson getting a offer for more than a few million bucks right now? I Why not? So. I hope so. I think, I mean, if you're going to pay, if I were to guess with the Marlins, based on the amount of money that they're supposedly allowed to spend, I would best. I would bet it's probably a $6 million contract. If if you, as a player, think you're an $8 million player because he's a starting shortstop in the big leagues, I say that without explaining it. That is a big deal to start and play 160 games at shortstop in the big leagues. I think $6 million, at some point, T.A. would, would sign that. And I think mm-hmm. the Marlins offseason would – come to an exhausting close, and they could go on to their season. And I think he would be a big piece. And there are two guys batting titles in the same lineup. It would be their first big league signing of the offseason. <laughs> they would finally do it. They'd I'm not like, being sarcastic. The Oakland A's would text them and be like, welcome to the club, guys. You signed well, up for major league free agent. I'm not I don't know. Being I, listen, I think I, I, Tim Anderson has been a really good player. People knock him for his defense. He only hit one home run, I know, last year. Um but it's just amazing he hasn't been signed yet. I mean, this is a this is a guy that's won batting titles and done a bunch of things in the big leagues. And remember the WBC, man, they were pumping this dude up. Um, but gosh, dog, man, I was. I mean, this is the guy. Like when we talk about you know Boris Chapman, you know Bellinger, Snell, like Boris Four. Like this is a guy. You're like, how is he not signed? Because you know he's not asking for the world, right? He's just asking maybe for a chance. So. I don't know. I think this fits. I think Tim could have a big year. I agree. And this is a buy low candidate. That's what happens here. But the Marlins so far have said, we are perfect. We don't need anything. (laughs) They've done a lot behind the scenes. But like Ken said on our show multiple times, those are two different cases. Second base for the Angels. Ron Washington, he he gets everybody hyped to play. Perfect fit. I, I'm not even being sarcastic about that this time. No, no, it's real now. No, yeah. I mean, that's see, that's something that would make sense. It would make sense. That actually would make sense for the Angels to do, so they won't do it. <laughs> they think they're good. It's 
Ohapia catcher. Cool. Like it. Shanwell at first. I'm not sure. Uh, Drury, Renhifo, Rendon, Neto is essentially your infield. They don't love Drury every day at one position. I like they him love, everywhere. They love him moving around. Yeah, he's a, yeah. He's a utensil Good. guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel the same way to an extent about Renhifo. I feel like those two. I know I know some fans love him. I, I think he's good. I don't know. If, is he a first division infielder for you? Man, he put together a great second half. I know. Great second half. Like and it looked it looked real. Like it looked like a like a Willie Ibar kind of type of player. Like that type of production. I don't mm-hmm. know. I... Okay. Right. It'd be interesting. I think Tim Anderson fits perfectly there. but So we're going to talk to Mike Moustakis in a few minutes. Oh, he's coming up in a sec. So I'm, I, you want me to just give you the little a- A's update? I, I saw it, yes. Please I give hope it's people. for reals for reals. I hope so, too. I mean, it's, it's Scott Osler from the San Francisco Chronicle. He said, the mayor's office and MLB have had preliminary talks about the possibility of Oakland being guaranteed an expansion team in return for the city giving the A's a lease extension at the Coliseum. It looks like Oakland is trying to get John Fisher to sell his 50% stake in the Coliseum. He owns half of that site. The A's have $70 million from Comcast on the line. Right, we know that. And Oakland's trying to play hardball and want to guarantee him an expansion team to allow the A's to stay at the Coliseum for the next three years. Good for them. Mm-hmm. As, that is exactly what they should do. That is the only conversation that should be had. There's nothing else that's going to convince them to say, yeah, sure, thanks for screwing us over. Now take our ballpark for another few years. No, you deserve an expansion team. You go get one. That's it. Otherwise, there's not much to talk about. So I'm glad that they're sticking up for the city. And I hope that all of this is real. And also, I don't know how to do this because I'm not smart enough, but I hope that you have the best freaking lawyers and government officials to make sure that when they tell you that you're getting an expansion team, that it's real and there are no loopholes hmm. in that conversation that they can't pop up in 2028 and say, oops, but section 23 part four actually says blah, blah, blah. And we're not giving you a team. If a new mayor is in town, Right. And the deal is off. I just would have a lot of trust issues based on what's happening. Also, I think that the A's, if they do move to Vegas and they get an expansion team, it should be the Oakland A's and the new team in Vegas can come up with their own freaking logo. Yeah, we're helping the league on that one, okay? I'm telling you, rebranding is good for a team that's entering Mm -hmm. a new city. That's a given, okay? We got two things left to do, so let's flip through your NL likeliness for a pennant. BetMGM odds. People are putting a lot of dough on the Dodgers. Hmm. This is not World Series. This is pennant. I'll take the field. What's the field? For the pennant? Dodgers are plus 180 to represent the National League in the World Series. That's unbelievable. That is insane. Highest ticket, highest handle, biggest liability. Remember, I asked Brian Bumgarner the other day, I'll take the field, and he wouldn't do it. Right. That was a different bet. Hmm. 
I mean, there are I mean, other teams that could take them down. Braves, Phillies, Diamondbacks did it last year. Yeah. All it takes is three games, you're hot. Or injuries, which happens all the time. You lose a few big boys. I mean, I know they're pretty stacked. There's a lot of superstars, but you just never know. Every year, there's brutal injuries. Not saying it's going to happen with them, but it's not like we're going, oh, they didn't make the World Series. How? How does this team not make the World Series? There are other good I know, but dude, the, the Braves are a powerhouse. True. That is a very good team. True. True. That's it. That's all that's I got. That's your argument? I, I'm, hey, trust me. I love the Dodgers. And if I have to pick a team right now, that's probably who I'm picking. But the Braves are certainly capable. And Philly's so pitching Philly. staff is still rated way higher. Which one? Phillies? Phillies. Top rated, top to bottom pitching staff. Fangraphs, Codify, all those hmm. groups. Okay. I mean, okay. Dude, Zach Zach Wheeler for me in the playoffs, not many guys better over the last. Suarez, Ranger Suarez has been really good. Ranger Suarez has had better numbers than everybody. Mm -hmm. True. And the one thing that the Phillies did so well, and this was actually a Dombrowski thing, was the Phillies had a brutal bullpen, and he had some of that. And Dombrowski's one bugaboo over the course of his career has been at times having a bad bullpen, even though he's had a ton of success, right? The Tigers had some issues mm-hmm. with their bullpen. Phillies had bullpen issues, and they fixed it. <laughs> their bullpen can stuff you, outstuff mm-hmm. you. Top to bottom. And it there's more coming. Matt yeah. Strom, Jeff Hoffman, freaking Dylan Covey. White Sox saying, can figure dude, him out. You're saying the guy's here. How about Sir That's Anthony I mean. Dominguez? Alvarado. How, how about Alvarado? How about Orion Kirkering? I'm talking about the bottom guys. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Top to bottom. Like you're you're pushing you're pushing some of those guys would be seventh and eighth inning guys for other teams. And they're 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 trying to find them work, which is going to keep them healthy, which is the whole point of getting into the playoffs, whether you have days off or not. How healthy are you? How used are you? Because then it's time to get going. And all of a sudden, if your starter has an issue, boom, fourth inning. You just go, boop, 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 bullpen, done. Game one, win, Braves. Ah, can't figure out what just happened. No, you're right. And Connor said, Phillies are going to trade for Will Smith at the deadline. He's going to be coveted. If the Royals aren't good, <laughs> everyone wants a piece of Will Smith because all he does is win chips. All right, place your first bet MGM Sportsbook wager through the app of at least five bucks. You will receive $150 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Got to use the bonus code FOUL, F-O-U-L, when you download the app and you're a new customer. Sign up and deposit at least five bucks into the account. Place a wager in the amount of at least five bucks at standard odds price. And once you place that bet, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. Gambling problem or concern? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Kratz hats. Nice. Little fro- little throwback Friday. To me, that what has is that? that has tough guy Mario vibes. 
or Mario vibes. Mario. You mean like Mario. you mean like bad Mario? Yeah, which I guess is Wario, but Mario. Wario. Yeah. It's Milwaukee. Hmm. It's Milwaukee Brewers throwback jerseys. Freaking Eric Thames just hit like six homers just in this jersey. Hmm. Wow. All right. That's an A for me. Yeah, I like that one. I'm big on that one. It's got retro vibes. It's a badass M. That's an A for me. Anyone else good with that in the chat? I like that one. That's an A. You know what it reminds me of? Remember last year how there's two teams that have a similar M? Like one team copied the other team's M? Wasn't it like the Marlins have an M and the Mariners? Oh, Minnesota. They look Minnesota copied the Marlins M. It was close, yeah. Yeah. Don't mention that to the Twins people, though. They get really they don't like that. Close. Okay. When we go to Fort Myers, not talking about that. Say so, it. Say it with your chest. Yes. Oh, happy birthday to my friend Eric Burns. Next week, I can give you one. Hunter Pence joining the show for the first time. Hunter for Pence. For a little hangout session. And that's all I got. We're going to hit some uh, spring training camps. We are a week away from going to Oakland for Fans Fest to host a live show there and we will make an announcement about a time change to the show during spring training so that you can watch your spring training games we can talk to our players before that okay that's your little preview and that'll just be free certain time period we'll announce all of that next week happy friday peeps